Welcome to the PR Matters Podcast, survival tips for church communicators, hosted by Justin Dean. Get your copy of Justin's new book, PR Matters, at churchprbook.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Justin Dean. We are reading through my book, PR Matters, which you can get at churchprbook.com, but uh, you know that already if you've been listening. I want to thank you for listening. I hope that this is helpful. Uh, someone asked me today why I'm reading through my book and giving it away for free on the podcast. And won't that uh, affect sales? And I kind of laughed and said, well, you know, there aren't that many sales. So uh, don't really have to worry about that <laughs> anyway. Uh, I've actually been blown away that the, the book has sold uh, over 500 copies so far, which is really nothing to... Um, to brag about, but it's really uh, quite incredible. I never thought that it would sell that many. Uh, so I'm incredibly blessed to, to hear how many people have picked up a copy, and uh, I've been hearing stories of how it's been helpful for people. And I just want to get this content out there. I mean, you don't make uh, a ton of money off of books. Uh, my desire is just to help, and so um, I'm hoping that by putting this content out on a podcast, it can maybe help some people on their drive into church and things like that and just want to get it out there on different mediums because uh, this content is very, very important uh, to me, I think, to, to get out to churches. And so I hope it's helpful for you. This next chapter, chapter 8, is called Engage and Enrage. And we're going to talk about dealing with haters and trolls online as you increase your efforts on social media. And uh, in his book, Gift of Fear... Celebrity security consultant Gavin DeBecker explains the risks with engaging critics, stalkers, and other detractors. He says if you engage with a certain type of people, uh, they will only feed on your interaction and become more enraged, never satisfied, and never swaying from their negative bias. In an increasingly hostile world, particularly for Christians, there's more and more temptation to stand our ground or fight back when we experience opposition for our beliefs. However, there's wisdom in backing away and letting the Lord work through other means when it comes to people who have an agenda to distract us from our mission. As Christians, we have a desire for everyone we interact with to meet Jesus and be changed by the gospel, especially our most negative critics. But has anyone ever come to know the Lord by arguing with a Christian over their beliefs, particularly on social media? Proverbs 26.20 says, For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. We must accept criticism and learn from it. I know that's something that I've struggled with over the years. But we must correct mistakes when they need to be corrected, and we must repent when we need to repent. But we cannot become quarrelsome people or participate in gossip. Doing so would be like throwing more logs on the fire. Where, where you'll experience the most criticism is on social media. In order to always handle yourself well, as you moderate comments on Facebook, YouTube, or even Twitter, you need to develop a plan, some guidelines to follow. This can be particularly helpful when leaning on volunteers and others to help manage your social media accounts as well. In my experience, there are typically five different types of commenters on social media. The first is those who want to leave a compliment or express excitement. We love those people. 
Uh, the second are those with genuine and earnest questions. They just they have a question. They need an answer. And third, those with antagonistic or accusatory questions and statements. They may be asking a legitimate question, but it's done so in a way that's accusatory or antagonistic. They know the answer is going to uh, bring controversy. Four would be your spammers, those deliberately leveraging the post to sell something or distribute malware, stuff like that. Those are spammers. And Lastly, five, malicious people who deliberately want to harm your church and seek out your posts to continually distract and bait you and your followers. For those who leave a compliment, you want to just thank them. Followers love interacting with the pages they follow. So like their posts, provide a witty reply, or simply thank them for taking the time to comment. But don't ignore them. Just because someone's positive uh, doesn't mean that, that they should be ignored. We shouldn't put all of our time and effort towards the... Uh, the people who are dying for attention anyway. So if someone's taken the time to show their appreciation or a compliment, compliment or like your post, acknowledge that. Find a way to make them feel appreciated for that. For those with genuine questions, answer them. Feel free to engage to help them with practical questions or theological questions. Usually with theological questions, you can point them to a resource on your website, sermons and blogs and things like that, or even other websites that you can trust. Uh, we always sent people over to D Desiring God uh, with John Piper to answer some theological questions that we didn't have because we trusted their content. You can also reply and tell them to talk to a pastor or a deacon after service, or better yet, provide an easy way for them to connect directly with the pastor online. Uh, for spammers, you want to just go ahead and delete their comment if you can absolutely tell that it's spam. Uh, if they're asking for money or if it's telling others to check out uh, another website, you, you just know that this is someone selling something. They're not a member of your church or anything like that. Uh, you can also block that person from posting again in the future if they continue to abuse your page. If it's someone you recognize, then you want to reach out to them first and let them know, hey, that comment was inappropriate and uh, we're going to delete it. It's usually pretty easy to differentiate between spam and a real person who's just abusing the platform. Sometimes you'll get uh, uh, people selling like multi-level marketing type of things. You know, a lot of stay-at-home moms and things like that will uh, try to use the church's platform to, to sell things like that. And so that's where it gets a little tricky. If you know the person or they're, you know they're not just a, a, a random spammer who's not even associated with you, um, then you may want to reach out to them first and just kind of set those guidelines out through uh, private messages. For those who are antagonistic commenters, remember uh, the advice from Gavin DeBecker. If you enrage, if you engage, you will enrage. These are the type of people who you just have to disagree with, who just have to disagree with everything. And a public debate on social media just really isn't going to change their mind. It will only distract everyone else from the message and create an awkward experience that won't help your reputation. Most of the time, these types of people are fellow Christians and maybe even attenders at your church. It's best to ignore their comments and not take the bait. On Facebook, you can hide their comment without deleting it. This way, only they and their friends can see it, but it won't appear for anyone else. And they'll never know it's hidden because no one will be able be replying to it, uh, they'll likely move on without incident. If you delete it, you risk enraging them uh, for being censored, and other people might ha may have seen it, uh, notice that it's gone, and, and also think that you're just censoring them. So be cautious that you don't 
appear to be ignoring anything. You don't want to be seen as replying to only the comments you want to reply to. If you don't want to hide the comment, then reply with something that clearly ends the conversation and moves it offline. Something along the lines of, we understand your concern and welcome the opportunity to chat more about it if you want to message us. That could be a general statement you can post to just about any negative comment. And it closes the conversation, it takes it offline, um, and uh, you can have that conversation if they bother to contact you. But it stops uh, from a debate happening back and forth in the comments, but also shows people that you cared enough to actually reply uh, and pay attention to everything. It shows publicly that you you know acknowledge the person, but you aren't going to get into a public d- debate about it. If they message you, then you can have a private conversation with them. Uh, and maybe build a relationship that way too. But more often than not, they don't actually want to have a conversation and they probably won't actually message you. People like that usually aren't looking to learn or get answers to questions. They just want to attack someone or they just want to promote their position. It's usually best to nip antagonistic comments in the bud before they engage debates with other followers or distract them from the mission. If those people honestly want to have a loving conversation, then the best place to do that is in person or via email where it isn't public. If you need to apologize or retract something, go ahead and do it. It's better to apologize publicly than to delete something and pretend it never happened because antagonistic followers will comment on other threads saying that you're hiding something, which in that case you would be. Remember that your social media channels are yours and they exist to engage with others in a positive and helpful manner. There's nothing wrong with policing your channels and choosing how you want people to use them. Just be honest and candid about it. On Twitter, you may see people tagging you in mean tweets or harassing your other followers. There's less you can do on Twitter to manage this. The best thing is to ignore anyone who's being antagonistic. Most people following your Twitter account won't even see those tweets unless they do a search. And there's also less expectation for interaction on Twitter, so it's okay to not reply to everything. For the final group of people, the malicious people who deliberately want to harm your church, it's best to just delete their comments and block them. There's no reasoning with this group. They're like terrorists, and we don't negotiate with terrorists. While we would love for them to become saved and change their ways, that's likely not going to happen through a Facebook debate. These people are wolves sent to distract you from the mission. Pray for them and move on. If people call you out on deleting someone... Know why you did it and be prepared to back yourself up. Hopefully you are only deleting and banning as a last resort. So when it happens, you'll clearly be able to point out how the person was abusive and how you did your best to love them and meet their needs before having to make a hard decision. I can't say this clearly enough. Blocking should be done as a last resort. These are real human beings we're dealing with online, so treat them as such. Think about what you would do if the person were sitting in your worship service on Sunday or walking into your church lobby. The same rules you have about banning people from your church building should be the same rules you have about banning people from your social media channels. As Christians, it's also important to always be open to grace and forgiveness. There should be no once blocked, always blocked rule. I've seen blocked people beg to be allowed back into the community. Give them a second chance when this occurs. You never know what God is going to do in their lives. It's also important to create a comment policy. A comment policy, or sometimes uh, called an engagement policy, posted to your Facebook page is another great idea to protect you and your church from undue criticism and accusations as you manage your channels. It is simply a set of rules or guidelines that you create which help people know how to engage with your page. It can 
include reasons why you will delete or ban a user, as well as language and discussions that won't be tolerated, as well as what type of questions are appropriate for Facebook and which type of questions would be better to email. What you put into the comment policy is up to you. Don't worry if it gets too long, as most people won't actually read the policy before commenting. Rather, the existence of the policy is so that people can see that you are playing fair and not just haphazardly managing your page. While no one is legally bound by a comment policy, it can still help build integrity. If people know the expectations up front, then they can verify if you're being fair or not. If you do have to block someone or remove a post, they can always go back and reference the policy to see if you're following your own rules. I provide a sample comment policy uh, in the book, and that uh, is one that we've used in the past. You can feel free to use the same policy or adapt it as you see fit, but that's yours for free uh, when you buy the book. The best place to post uh, the comment policy is in the About section of your Facebook page where it can live and easily be linked to. Don't post it as a new post on your page as it will just get buried over time. You can also use a comment policy for your other channels, such as Twitter, but you'll have to post it on your website and link to it from your bio and post as needed. We always had it on our website, and we would just link to that in our Twitter bio. And uh, again, at the end of that... Um, chapter i provide a sample comment policy which you can download at churchprbook.com and uh it outlines uh, the following uh, just types of comments uh, that are pro prohibited and uh things like that and uh all of the guidelines and things that we just discussed and uh lastly i want to talk about moderating comments as you see comments that violate your policy explain to them your policy through a Facebook message and then delete or hide the comment. If the commenter keeps posting, you can go ahead and ban them. And of course, use your judgment and discernment. Weigh out the good versus the bad of possible outcomes and just try to be wise. When it comes down to it, comment threads on Facebook hardly ever provide any significant value. So tread lightly and don't stress about moderating. Remember to always have a reason for what you do and treat each situation as its own. These are real people, not just anonymous commenters. And pray for your enemies. It can be hard, but don't take hateful comments personally. If your church is preaching the Bible and you're sharing it online, hateful comments can sometimes be a form of spiritual attack. So pray for them, and pray for yourself, and pray for your church. Matthew 5.44 instructs us to love and pray for those who persecute us. Praying for them gives us the perspective we need to be long-suffering and patient before responding or acting out of anger or retaliation. God has the power to change their heart and yours, so you never know what the outcome will be if you stop and pray for people who may not like you. I also encourage you to always look for ways to improve. Even if someone says something mean-hearted, it doesn't mean there isn't truth in their words. Take everything with a grain of salt, but take the time to reflect and ask God if there is something that you need to learn from them. Take what's valuable from it and leave the rest. Trust the Holy Spirit to help you discern what is a word from God, wise counsel from a peer, or trash to be ignored. At the end of the day, we want to be known for grace, not known for enforcing the rules. Keep this in mind when you're dealing with haters, negative commenters, bully reporters, protesters, or even that tough church member. We got a visit once from the nice fellas at Westboro Baptist Church. I use the words uh, nice and church pretty loosely here. They are the people known for their protests, the ones where they hold up signs that say God hates fags and sinners go to hell. Not necessarily the most biblically sound message, nor the most effective medium. 
They were kind enough to send out a press release letting people know that they planned to protest our church on an upcoming Sunday. In the press release, they called our church a whorehouse, our pastor a false prophet, and they claimed that we were all a bunch of blind lemmings for following him. I don't, I don't even remember what their issue was with us specifically. They are such a hateful and misguided group that I honestly don't think we put a lot of effort into listening to their concerns. But we did offer them grace, as well as some donuts, copies of free books on biblical doctrine. We had posters printed, which welcomed, they, which welcomed them as they picketed our church entrances. The poster simply said, Westboro Baptist Church, this false prophet and his blind lemmings welcome you to our whorehouse for God's grace and free donuts. Sometimes you have to just have a little fun, let people do their thing and move on. Haters gonna hate. Not everything is worth the panic. Focus on showing people God's grace, and whenever possible, offer free donuts. Lastly, I want to talk about how to avoid burnout. With all that said, burnout is still going to happen. The constant dripping of social media and comments from people who are less than polite, the nasty articles calling your church a cult and attacking everything you believe in, it can really get to you. So what do you do? There are two things that I have found that help with burnout in general, particularly when dealing with a lot of negative feedback. The first is that whenever you pour yourself out in ministry, you need to take the time to be poured back into by Jesus. This means rest and Sabbath, whatever that looks like for you. For me, that means ensuring I have a day off where I don't work at all. Sometimes you can't avoid your boss emailing or calling or even a crisis happening on your day off, but that should be the exception and not the norm. I also moderate my own email and notifications on a daily basis. This means that only certain people make it onto my VIP list. If you're on the list, then I get a notification when you email me. If you're not on the list, then I won't see your message until I check my email next. That way I can block off time to work on something specific or take a break, and I know that I can safely ignore my phone unless it alerts me. Little tricks like that can really free up your mind to be able to concentrate on what's important. It is particularly important when I'm spending time with my family. The second is to have your eyes and heart down on the ground. In social media, it can be really easy to view people online as just names, but they're real people who need Jesus. Be active in biblical counseling or prayer ministry if you can, and at least be active in a small group where you can be around other believers. I joined the baptism teams so that I could be in the tub as often as possible. It didn't matter how hard of a week I had, as I would baptize someone, I got to hold their hand and hear their story of their profession of faith in Jesus, often for the first time. It gave me the perspective I needed to continue doing what I was doing. Knowing that my hard work throughout the week was paying off in life-changing ways was the most satisfying experience. When you get discouraged or feel off track, that's a great opportunity to learn and grow and focus on our first love, Jesus. Take time to put your head down, get on your knees, and spend more time with Jesus and His Word. Just remember that for every hater out there, there's a lost and hurt person who saw a tweet, came to church, and met Jesus for the first time. Find and think about these things. I said earlier that this is war. This is what I mean by that. The more you put yourself out there and interact with others, the more attacks and issues you'll be exposed to. But that's the mission. The alternative is not to engage with people, and that's not church. Don't let a few haters telling you to quit speak louder than the one guy who says you helped me. Keep doing what God wants you to do.